Let me just uh, echo, uh, first of all, John and Scott in saying what, uh, what a great week it was at VBS and thanking all of you, the many of you who put forth a lot of energy and time and investing in our children and what a blessing it was. And someone uh, that I was sitting in here during the music time uh, on one of the nights talked about what a joy it was to be able to hear all the children uh, singing praises to God, and I certainly echo that as well. It was an absolute uh, joy, and if you missed it, I would encourage you to uh, look into it next uh, next year. Well, let's uh, let's kind of continue, and I'm going to reread this, and because of the color of my hair, I'm going to use it from the message, uh, and not from the King James, but just for a little bit different uh, version for today. So this is what the 121st Psalm says um, in the message. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian right at your side to protect you. Shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. God guards you from every evil. He guards your every life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. And let's pray. God, on this beautiful Day after a night of storms, when the sun is beginning to shine, we are reminded of how you are with us, how you are our keeper, how you are our shade. And so we give you praise, God, that we have this opportunity to gather together as a community, as your community. And so be with us in these next few moments, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen and amen. Well, Marilyn did a great job, I think, of interpreting this text. In fact, I would, wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if she's up here preaching at some point. Um, and she, uh, she did a great job. And one of the things that she mentioned, of course, was that this is a, uh, also oftentimes called a traveler's Psalm. And that's exactly um, what this is. Uh, in fact, uh, oftentimes, or most folks think that this is a psalm that would have been um, said or recited as, uh, as pilgrims were headed on their way to Jerusalem to make kind of an annual pilgrimage to the holy city. And, and one has even suggested that perhaps what you had is you had uh, the person who was leaving, the pilgrim, who would sit there and say, I look up to the hills from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And then the people who were being left behind, let's say the family who was staying, that they would then say, you know, he is the one who will make sure that your foot does not stumble. The Lord is the one who will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord will guard your coming in and your going out. And so there was this interplay back and forth between the pilgrim and the ones being left behind. And If you are a traveler, of course, this is a very appropriate psalm, especially back in the Middle East at this particular time. 
These roads, of course, they weren't going to be paved with nice, smooth asphalt. They would have been rocky and scary. And so when the psalmist says that your foot will not stumble, that's incredibly important, especially if you're up on a ridge with a deep valley, because if your foot stumbled, it might be the last time your foot ever stumbled. And so there was an importance of knowing that the Lord was there guiding you in those moments. And, and then when he says that, that, that the, your Lord will neither slumber nor sleep, this is, in some ways, kind of a subtle jab to many of the gods at that time who were oftentimes understood to have been falling or to have fallen asleep. Some would, would fall asleep all winter, they believed. And so there were priests whose particular job was simply to try and keep the gods awake. And so here the psalmist is saying, no, our, our God, Yahweh, the Lord, will never go to sleep on the job, so to speak. And then we talked a few weeks ago about the importance of shade. If you were in the desert, in the middle of the sun and the heat, how important the shade is. And so the psalmist said, the, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. But then he goes on and says, the sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. You probably know this, most of you, that the moon was uh, sometimes considered the moonbeams. If you got in them, that that was what caused mental illness. And so that, that's why we, we get our words lunacy and lunatic from the word lunar, right? And so there was a sense that not only will God be with you physically, but, but God will be with you mentally as well. And then when the psalmist says, the Lord will, will guide you and you're going out and you're coming in, that's a little bit more kind of every day. It's not just for these long pilgrimages to Jerusalem. This is day in and day out. As you go to the store, as you go to work, as you go to school, that God will always be with you. And so during the summertime, as we are now, when there are many families that are vacationing and going to and fro, this is a, a great psalm. And I, I know that there are some families who, before they set off on a long journey, will, will read this psalm or will have this psalm on their tongues as they're leaving and praying for safe journeys. But as Marilyn also pointed out, this is not just a uh, prayers for safety for a physical journey. This is also understood, the psalmist is also talking about a spiritual journey. We talk often in our world about faith being a journey, about it being a, a sojourn, about, a, about it being something that we are traveling. It's not just something we're stuck in, but it's a, it, we're on excursion, if you will. There's movement, and we see that throughout the scripture. We're not just kind of making this up. We, we see it with Abraham and Sarah, where God says what to them? What are the kind of the first words that God says to Abraham? Go. A very simple message, go, and that Abraham and Sarah have to leave physically, but they also grow spiritually only as they are leaving the comforts of their home. And we'll talk about this story here in a few weeks, September 14th, if you're interested. And we'll talk about that journey and what that means. But, but there you have Moses, you have the Israelites, you have Jonah. There's always a sense of, of movement we see in the Old Testament when it comes to faith, going. But we see it in the New Testament as well. When Jesus is calling his disciples, he doesn't say, hey, everyone, 
Gather around. We're going we're gonna to sit a spell. I've got something that I want to talk to you about. What does he, what does he say? What are the, the two words? He's, he's moved away from just go to two words. And what are those two words that Jesus tells those disciples when he wants them to come with him? They are, follow me. And throughout the Gospels, we see these disciples. They are either chasing after uh, Jesus, it seems, or Jesus is sending them off to go do things. And of course, right before the ascension, Jesus tells them to go into all of the world. And I, I think that most of us like this sense of the fact that faith is a journey, that, that we're traveling someplace, that we're, we're going someplace. It's, it's images like that, that they resonate with most of us. And I, as I was thinking about that this week, I said, okay, well, that's great. This is going to be a fun sermon. Everyone likes that. But, but one of the things I realized is that I'm not sure that I or any of us that we really think necessarily about what that really means practically day in and day out. It's one of those images that's kind of catchy, kind of like the, what's that? Maybe you guys have this on your bumper sticker. It's fine if you do, but what is it? It says, you know, not all those who wander are lost. Right? You heard that? And that's like, hey, that's cool. But then you're like, well, what does that really mean? You might actually just be lost. And so uh, what does it actually mean? And so I began to kind of question that this week. I was, I was kind of wondering, what does, it, what does it really mean for us to say or for us to look at our faith as, 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 as something that we, as a journey, if you will, as something that, that, that is traveling us or taking us from one place to another? What's it, what's it look like for us to really understand faith as a journey. And so as I was thinking about that, I, I stumbled across the word sojourn, of course, and most of us know the word sojourn, and, uh, but I don't know if we all know what it means, literally, the etymology of it, if you will, which is, it means kind of under a day or for a day. To put it another way, it means uh, like visiting for a short while. And as I, I thought about that, I began to wonder, well, is this then a part of what it means for us to understand that our faith is a sojourn, that it is, it, is, it is a journey, is the fact that we look at this world more as if we are visiting it than as if it is our home. Now, that's not a new thought, and the reality is there are many Christians over these last two millennia who have understood it just like that, but oftentimes, the way they've understood that is that, well, that just means that, you know, it doesn't really matter what happens here, and we can kind of just stay cloistered up with our, uh, our other Christians, and it, it doesn't matter. This world means nothing because we're just kind of traveling through. I'm just a, a passing through, I think, is perhaps what I, one of those old hymns has to say, but, but I was wondering this week, is that really what the, 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 the traveling soul psalm is it about? Is it, is it really about not worrying about what happens here on earth? Or, or is there a way, is there a sense that if we, if we look at the world through the eyes of a traveler, if we, if we look at this journey, this, uh, or we look at the spiritual walk as a journey, might it actually mean that we live into this world even more fully? And as I thought about that this week, I was reminded, I've, I've talked a little bit about my trips uh, my trip, my time in Scotland, when I graduated from seminary, I got this, this fellowship. It was, it was a gift, really, that, that, that someone gave, gave to somebody who said, this is, this is for someone who's going to be a pastor. I said, you know what? We know uh, what a nightmare it is to be a pastor. And so, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But they said, 
They said, we know it's going to be hard, and they may not have a chance to just go someplace for a year, and so we're going to give you some money, and you go over to someplace. It can be Scotland if you want, as it was for me, and, 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 and we don't want you to study. We don't want you to do anything rigorous. We just want you to travel around and experience the country. I said, well, I mean, I guess I could do that. It's probably the only kind of fellowship I could actually receive, quite frankly, because I could do that. I could just kind of go and hang out. And so that's exactly what I did. And so I I moved over to about eight miles outside of Edinburgh, and every day, Every day, I took the bus, the 44, and I took it right into Edinburgh City Center. And every day, I walked its streets. I I went through its alleys or its closes, as they would call it. I I drank its coffee. I walked up the hills, the crags. I I, I walked up to the castle. And and every day, I began to learn a little bit better or began to understand a little bit more what the Scots were saying. At first, I had no idea what they were saying. But finally, I began to understand their accent a bit more. and, And every Every day I, I went in there and there was this sense of, I knew that this was, that, that, that I didn't have much time to be there, that the money was going to run out, that I was just visiting. And because of that, I lived with a remarkable amount of urgency. Now, I know that there are some times when we travel places and we're at the beach and there's no sense of urgency, but then there are times when we are visiting a city, a foreign country, and we want to see and experience everything we can. And so every day I would get up and I had this sense of urgency to go and to figure out and to experience the world and what was going on. And as I thought about that, I began to wonder if the traveling psalm, if a part of what it means for for our spiritual life to be a journey is that we realize that in the grand scheme of things, we're not here that long. And I wonder, do we live with the sense of urgency when we are here? Do we live not as if this is our home? I mean, when it's our home, it's kind of laissez-faire. It's, oh, we just want to be comfortable. We, we kind of sit around on sofas. We, uh, we're very happy to just sit there. One of the things I noticed is that when I was in Scotland, I hardly ever watched television. You know why? You can watch TV anywhere. And I thought for sure there was some cool bagpipe or someplace that I was missing if I was sitting there and watching television. And so I, the only things I tried to do were things that had actual substance. And I wonder to myself, how much time do we waste watching television or going on Facebook Instead of living life with an urgency to say, we only have so much time. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to live frantically. By no means, vacations are not fun when they are frantic. But it does mean we realize we have a limited time here. And what are the opportunities we might have to invest in one another or in our communities? There's a sense of urgency, it seems to me, when you realize that we are not called to just simply come here and make all of this our home. But not only that, it seemed to me as I reflected on my time in Scotland that it was also a time when I was much more willing to take risks. I mean, I was much more willing to take risks because, well, for one, I, I thought I'm never going to see these people again, so I don't care if I embarrass myself. But, 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 but also because, again, I realized this was my one shot. 
I'm never going to, I don't think, ever live in Scotland again. This is my one shot to go see things. So there were issues, there were things like opportunities, like going to London. Hey, that's great. Who doesn't want to go to London? But I was going to have to be alone, and, and I was going to have to, maybe we've talked about this, I was going to have to stay in a hostel, and hostels are just, for me, they're nightmares, you know? I mean, no offense, but, you know, bunking up with 10 guys I've never met before is just kind of weird. And so, and, so, and so I wasn't that excited, but here's the thing. I could either have stayed in my little comfortable Scottish room or I could go alone and where I would be lonely at times but stay in a hostel but get to see Big Ben and the Parliament Building and Piccadilly and, and, and Hyde Park and all of those things. And so I said, sure. And, and, and as I look back, As I look back over my time, after I had finished a year, I could look back and say, here are the things that most stood out. Inevitably, those were the times when I took risks and tried something new. I rarely remembered those times fondly when I just kind of laid around in my bed. I remember those times when I said, I'm willing to take a risk because this is a one shot that I have. Are we living lives as if you realize that you have, this is your one shot You're one shot to be here. You're one shot to make a difference in the world, to make a difference for Christ. Are we living like that in that framework or are we living as if we have all the time in the world and we can be simply cozy and comfortable here? Do we live with the sense of risk for Christ? You see, it seems to me that thinking about faith as a pilgrimage or a journey, it's not just a a cute little image. It is saying you are looking through the lens of a vacationer, through the lens of a traveler, which means you need to look at everything in that way with a sense of urgency, a sense of risk, not just simply sitting around saying, I think I've got all of my Jesus ducks in a row and I can just kind of sit and be comfortable. I mean, think about this. Why do you think the psalmist said, I look up to the hills from where will my help come? He did not pen that while he was sitting on his sofa in his house. He penned it when? When he was on the road, have you ever noticed in the Psalms that there's no psalmist that says, please help me, Lord. My backside is sore because I've been sitting for so long. No, it is always a psalm when the person is on the journey, on the go. And so perhaps one of the questions we can ask ourselves is, are we living enough times? Is it frequent enough that we are asking ourselves or we are desperate for the Lord's help? Are there enough times when we are calling out to God for help? Because if there's not, there might be, it might be a good chance that we're, we're not actually getting off the sofa and that we're just simply satisfied to be in the comforts of home. Now, one of the interesting things about the 121st Psalm is that it is used oftentimes in uh, in, in baptisms. And, and, and one of the things about this psalm, it seems to me, is that it's not just asking us as individuals, are you a traveling Christian? Are you someone who was on a journey and are you living like that? But it's asking us as a community. And the reason it seems to me why that's important for us when it comes to baptism, of course, is, is that when you bring somebody into baptism, you are saying that they are now a part of your community. 
right? And today, not at 9 o'clock, but at 10.30, we're going to have a baptism. And I, 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 one thing I don't like about two services is that you guys don't get to experience that. And so I'm, I want you to see who's being baptized. So I've asked to have their pictures put, picture put up here so that you can see. Now, not all, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are being baptized. Just the one with the flower in her hair. Can you see that one? That is Caroline Elise Gray. And her parents are, are Jason and Sarah Gray. And so we are baptizing her today. And we are asking her to be a part of our family. A lot of times we use the, the verbiage family uh, when it comes to the body, right? We talk about brothers and sisters in Christ, but I, I think that's fine, but I don't think that's enough. I think actually we're not called to be a family. We're called to be a family on vacation. We are called to be a vacationing family, a family that is continually on the move. One of the fascinating things about my time in Scotland was who my closest friends and community ended up being. You know who they weren't? They weren't the Scots. Because you know why? They were home. They felt comfortable. They didn't really need to reach out that much. They didn't really understand the fact that this, that the world they lived in was kind of weird, right? Just like I think the world here is pretty normal, but when people come in from America, they're like, what is this? What are you doing, right? And so You know who my closest friends were? Some Americans, which isn't surprising, but some Germans and some Middle Easterners, people for whom I wouldn't typically have a whole lot in common. But because of the fact that we were all foreigners in this world, we all looked at things and we all looked at each other from time to time and said, can you believe they do things like this? And and we all had our own different bond that came with the fact that we were foreigners in a foreign land. And it gave us this unique bond. And I think, honestly, I think sometimes why churches have conflict and issues or why they get stagnant is because they have grown too comfortable and they're sitting around in sofas and they're looking at each other and it's really easy to find things that you don't like about one another when you're simply sitting around in a sofa staring at each other. But when you are on mission and are traveling on a journey and you're experiencing new things and you want to go experience this foreign country, but you want to do it with others for whom it also seems strange, there is this unique bond. And my hope is that today when Caroline joins our community in baptism, that she is not just joining a family that's stagnant. She's not just joining a quote church body, that she is joining a community on the move, a pilgriming. Can you, can you say pilgriming? A pilgriming, I'm going to say it anyways, make a verb, community. And I hope that what we teach her is that we live lives with urgency. We live lives that take risks because we know that we are only here for a short time. But that we are a people who, because of the fact that we know that our help comes from the Lord, we know that he watches our going out and our coming in, we can live with courage in the midst of traveling in this foreign world. And so I would invite you, I'm sure she's going to be around here in a little bit. If you see Caroline, she may not be still wearing that same red flower, but if you see her, I want you to invite or encourage or welcome her in. And then I want you to ask yourself, is the way that I'm living my life and is the way that we are living our lives, will it teach her what it means to be a community that is on the move? 
A community that says we are not satisfied to simply be at home. Rather, we are a body who says, let us experience this world. This is our one chance to make a difference for Christ. And we will not sit until we have made the greatest difference that we can. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in. So let us make sure that we are actually going out and coming in and not just staying in. Amen?